Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour, your host here on The Future of Sport. This will be episode 21. 21, it conjures up all kinds of nostalgia for me, but I won't go there too long ago. Episode 21, Future of Sport on All in Sports Talk. My first guest today is Jonathan Sibley, uh, Senior Lecturer at MMU. Uh, for those who don't know MMU, Manchester Metropolitan University. Uh, and Jonathan is a Researcher Lecturer in Events Management. And I know has a special interest in something that's quite top. Well, not quite topical. It's kind of hitting the headlines. Maybe more so in Manchester than anywhere at the moment in footballing terms, uh, in governance, sport, and particularly maybe some of the issues around uh, financing football. So there's an introduction, Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about how you came into this world uh, that we inhabit in sport business. Uh, I came in uh, via event management, really. Um, I'd been working in various agencies and uh, organisations as an event manager for around 10 years, even though often my job title wasn't event manager. That was what I was doing. Uh, And that got me into working with a range of different stakeholders um, around the subjects of physical education and school sport, Um, for a number of years Um, and as part of that work I ended up working with a a professional football club and we worked together for a short period of time around models of community delivery and development and it just happened to work out that they were looking for for someone at the time to to take over their community scheme um, which I did for a number of years and managed to work at close to the top levels of, of the English football system, uh, looking at community delivery, um, but felt that that wasn't where I wanted to, to spend the, the rest of my career, okay. and in talking to, to a colleague, um, he suggested teaching, um, and I started my teaching career at Leeds Beckett University, spent two years teaching uh, event management there, and then was fortunate enough to move over to Manchester Metropolitan um, two years ago. So now I've just finished my fourth year of, of teaching in higher ed. Um, and really fortunate in the time that I moved to, to Manchester Met, they were looking for someone who had an interest in sport. The university itself um, is kind of making strategic moves in, in terms of developing the institution in the field of sport and all the good work that goes on in various departments here at the university. Right. Um, so... A good time to be working in Manchester, a good time to be uh, working in Manchester around sport, and obviously my PhD research is around um, ethical governance in sport, so that kind of harks back to the times when I was involved in community sport and and how football can have a a positive impact on communities and society as a whole, I guess. Well, I mean, let me just pause there. I mean, I I think pausing sometimes is great, And, and just listening to... Uh, you're there, Jonathan, and I know when this uh, recording goes out live next Wednesday, I think the pause will be so pronounced, and I'm telling you why here, and rather than a question, I just want to really just reflect on some of those things you've said. I mean, we know each other via social media, Twitter primarily, the connections, we're a global, very small family in some ways, but growing all the time. The synergies 
the connections is almost as if Jonathan we've had this interview ten to- ten times all over and the the kind of connections and references you make you're considerably younger than I am we don't talk about age here but the pathway that you've taken is almost identical in many many ways without me repeating it because some of the people I know would say is off again on, on, on this particular tangent. But there's so many similarities there. I want to just, if I may, just pick up on that, that you start in things like, obviously, working in sports organisations. I was a trained PE teacher before I went into business and then went full circle back into academia and doing effectively what I'm doing now. How much is that... Uh, experience and how much is that I suppose intensity and passion and interest that you've got for sport governed and influenced what you're doing now Jonathan uh, it's, it, it's, the, it's the, the similarities are, are really um, between what I've, I've done in the past and what I'm doing now you know, there's, there's definite echoes between, okay. between them um, and I think being involved in physical education and school sport in my early career, especially around things like the, the model of sports colleges and their feeder primary schools and then the way that the community coaching and things like that overlaid onto that structure had definitely echoes with the structure that I'm looking at for my PhD. Right. That kind of con- model of concentric circles, looking at the different stakeholders involved in the delivery of sport and how that process can be governed in the most effective way. So certainly there are echoes of, of what I've done in the past that are influencing my own research. Um, in terms of practice, you know, being involved in, in professional sport, um, give some great anecdotes that I can share with my students, um, and obviously insight into how organisations are governed, run and managed you know, at the, at the coalface. Okay. Um, and I think it's important to have that practical experience teaching a vocational subject like events management. Um, our students don't often ask, what was your latest publication? But they'll ask, what was the last event that you ran? What was the biggest event? Who was your biggest client? They really want some kind of collateral from you as a, as a professional as much as they do an academic. Can I just, I, I, I was so keen to jump in there, but you've kind of just done the natural pause segue there. That's refreshing. I think it's absolutely crucial. I think it's reassuring. You know, I wear many hats. I have done all my career, and I know you do, and you will go on, I think, probably, if I can surmise it, to wear many, many other hats. But I think this balance and this integration between academic, practice, vocational and also being able to pass that on and you summarize that uh, in just a couple of words and a couple of uh, connections that you made in these introductory comments here on the interview i need probably at some point maybe i won't do it just now to not throw a curveball in here but maybe to say something uh, not so much controversial but i really do want an opinion and it's all about opinions and it's all about uh, being critical and i think that thing that you've mentioned there about your students responding you know they may be not wanting to see your latest academic work but they certainly want to know about you know which football club did you work with and what do you think about uh, the practice here uh, to take people forward sport for good 
How does that really work? I mean, in practice or in, in a statement, it sounds, you know, um, very, very... Uh, well, I suppose it sounds very um, philosophical or it, it sounds something that you might read in a PR script or something that somebody should be doing in, in terms of corporate social responsibility, maybe. But how, in essence, does, do you think it should work and how does it work, Jonathan? I think you've probably covered it in, in uh, those different descriptions. Um, sport for good is perceived by different people depending in different ways depending okay. on the context in which it's being experienced and the context in which it's being delivered um, so sport for goods could be sport for peace in an international context yep. or it could be sport that's being delivered at a very local level to individual communities tackling issues around social deprivation it could be with a specific type of community it could be with young uh, disabled people uh, or it could be with older age groups it could be with um, people that are experiencing uh, austerity so I think sport for good sport has this kind of universal language and appeal yep. that draws people together um, regardless of kind of where you're from and the challenges you're experiencing and I think done well sport can bring those people closer together and enrich their lives and their experiences I think when it's maybe not done so well is when it's seen as uh, a soundbite PR social a social responsibility initiative okay. um, and I think if it's, it's kind of seen as a, a solution and it's not um, done in partnership with with consultation for the people that, that are hopefully going to benefit from it um, then it's not going to be sustainable, it's not going to be ongoing. Um, and I think my experience of working in kind of community sport is there's lots of people that are passionate about the difference that sport can make in people's lives. And it can often be frustrating um, to those people when you're, you are kind of constrained by having to deliver initiative that's connected to a funding stream yeah. or engage with so many different people to, to kind of justify the program that you're you're working on so i think it's it's different in different contexts but i think ultimately it's about bringing people together and ensuring that they have a good experience but that can be restricted by things like funding or governance or the way in which programs are structured does that answer oh I, I mean jonathan perfect i mean this is almost like a uh, a seminar and a, and a mini lecture and, and 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 all things rolled into one Absolutely perfect. No patronage, no patronising nature at all here. But I will, I'm going to touch upon a couple of the things you've said there. I mean, I think this place in society that sport will always have, particularly maybe more so today than ever, a visibility, accountability, and you can use whatever... And the context that you've chosen, or the context you've chosen, absolutely true, you know. But the one thing I would say, and, and maybe where this um, commentary and, and, and the short interview, sadly, will be shorter than I would envisage, uh, is going over the next ten minutes or so, that the two-way nature, you chose to use the word of enge engagement, and the do's and don'ts here, I mean, it's classic, I've experienced, I know you will have, and I'm not... 
uh, averse to stating it publicly uh, and certainly almost not on the record here but we're having a conversation that where people get involved and you know it's like a tick box or we must be seen to be doing it and as long as we've done that then you know we can sit back and, and, and really feel assured or feel good that we've done something but if it's not done with the right motives if it's not done to create a change and a dynamism that's going to re- you know reflect the motives there and really to improve improve people's lot and do all the things that good community practice can do very much in this you know sport for good engagement then you know it becomes worthless and in fact it becomes almost uh, a, a, a negative influence i think sometimes let's now perhaps if i may just pick up on a few things event management you know it's a term you know i've just come out of formal academia from the university uh, and the universities that I've worked with, but I've always felt that event management maybe was a little bit understated or undersold or not really appreciated as much perhaps, maybe because that's because it maybe not have had the history of an academic subject uh, or, or course per se here in the UK. But what are your views on where it sits in maybe a business school or maybe in a leisure school within university academia and how you're doing event management perhaps at, um, at Manchester Met? Yeah, sure. Um Event management is uh, as an academic discipline is only sort of really twenty years old. Okay. The, the first ever programs were developed out of Leeds Beckett University, and you know they've been I think twenty years last year, uh, so twenty one now. It right. sort of fits with, with the age of the program. Yeah, well, absolutely. The of of yeah, program, so and I have to say, can I just sorry, uh, my connections with Leeds Beckett, you know, Leeds Met. Uh, and I think it was called something else as well when it first started. But yeah, very strong, very true, uh, and a great pedigree that they've bestowed upon people like you and I, and modules and courses per se. So sorry for that. Carry on, Jonathan. No, no. Um, so um, yeah, it's, it's a relatively new academic discipline, um, but it's a popular academic discipline. I think we've seen you know uh, a good number of universities across the country, eighty plus. Right. Um, if I'm correct, um, delivering the subject in a variety of different ways, as you say, in a variety of different departmental contexts. So some is aligned with tourism, leisure, hospitality, but in other places aligned very much within um, business schools yeah. and faculties. So at Manchester Metropolitan, we're now part of the Faculty of Business and Law. Uh, so we've recently made that move. So our allegiances and alignments, if you like, with tourism and hospitality have slightly changed um, and we've become part of uh, the business school. Personally, I welcome that move because it emphasises the management part of the event management. Um, So one of the strengths I feel is, is that not only are the students going out into the world where they could be good event managers, great event management managers hopefully, but they can apply the skills, knowledge and understanding they've got from their events degree into other aspects of management, right. whether that be marketing, finance, where their students gone on to study accountancy, PR, that have gone on to work for transport authorities, London Underground, and because they understand crowd dynamics and things like that. So it's a, a great opportunity to specialise in a field of management and at Manchester Met, all of our staff are former event managers that are still working in the industry yeah. or have recently worked in the industry. So we've got that kind of 
professional connection. And, you know, I said before, I think it's really important. But also we're part of um, a business faculty that's top five in the world. Um, so internationally recognised for the quality of the management studies that, that go on. So, you know, that, that works well for us as, as a degree course within that faculty as well. I mean, Jonathan, I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, without dwelling too much on it, I believe that most universities will end up doing that if they're not already, and I'm, I'm glad and very reassured to see that that's happening. You know, the analogy I often use is just because you've been a great sports person doesn't necessarily mean, and sadly it's more true in the UK maybe than anywhere else in the world, that you can go on to manage, let's say, a football team on another sports team. You know, the need, and Manchester Met has been a pioneer in this area, you know, to go out and train sports directors, sport leaders, sports managers from that base, and event management is no different. But I believe everything in sport is an event, everything in business, per se. Uh, One of my definitions early doors of marketing was to let's do it without deference to night necessarily, but it's about getting things done. And, you know, the two together and when you've got that platform is is fantastic. Let me be a little bit maybe more specific here. And there's kind of two themes. I want to not close out the interview, but it'll bring some summation to it before we kind of summarise everything. In terms of curricula, in terms of maybe have you got any kind of precedents, little examples, or maybe you could delve into some uh, touch points in your research here of, of what kind of practical assistance, practical examples have you got of event management in sport and event management in sport business per se, or how, did, how do your students respond or what do they get involved in, in maybe a typical module, Jonathan? Yeah, sure. So uh, our sports and events unit is uh, an elective unit, um, which currently features as part of the final year of the undergraduate degree programme. We refer to it as level six now, what would be the third or fourth year of an undergraduate degree. Um, So that unit is only three years old. We started off with 18 students three years ago, and we're up to 46 this year. So a growing interest in the subject of sport and events within our programme, which is good. Um, that's been reflected in the validation of a programme or a, a unit, again, at Level 7, which is Master's level. So we'll see sport and events happen at undergraduate and at postgraduate at Manchester Met. Okay. It also exists in the, the sports management program here at the university. So within the sports management and marketing, the students study events management with a heavy sports focus, obviously in, in the first year of their degree. And I think, you know, talking to the staff that deliver that program, there's a bit of an aspiration between the event management program and the sports management program to develop an unofficial, informal pathway so students can, that come and study at Manchester Met can experience event management and sports events management at all levels of their, their chosen degree. In terms of what we do with the event management students, we're fortunate to be the official um, higher education partner of Manchester City Women's Football Club. Okay. Uh, and we're very fortunate that, and as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> it's difficult for me to say that Manchester City are a fantastic club to, to work with um, as an educational partner. They've been very welcome, yeah. very welcoming to our students. Um, so we developed the, the assessed piece of coursework that the students do on that unit. The first part of that is done in partnership with Manchester City. Um, So um, how it's worked over the last couple of years, 
is that we've met before the start of the academic year and the club have set a brief that they want the, the students to uh, create a, an engagement, a fan engagement event for a targeted community. So we started off looking at students, so how could we get more students attending uh, Manchester City women's football matches. This, um, and this year we're going to look at junior teams. Okay. Um, so we're kind of building on kind of a, a real client brief from a, a, a local industry client. The students get opportunity to visit the stadium, to go to the academy stadium where the women's football team are based. They get to talk to the event managers who run the day um, for uh, the women's matches. They also speak to the marketing managers, uh, the match day producer who talks about how the sequencing of events happen, not just around the academy stadium, but areas like City Square and, uh, and the Etihad Stadium itself. So we have lots of practical in input from guest speakers from that type of organisation. And we also have site visits where we go out and visit sporting stadia. And that's just with Manchester City. Right. Last year we were supported by um, the National Football Museum. We hosted a lecture um, at the museum after five o'clock when the museum had closed, um, which was uh, an interesting thing to do because <laughs> um, we wanted to try and organise an event that the students could experience as part of their course. We had industry speakers from one of the, the really fantastic agencies in, in Manchester come in and support us with that. Um, we've taken the students to, to a variety of different places so it's trying to always underpin the kind of academic content that we're talking about with real practical examples from the world of sport to show kind of what kind of future careers are out there for event managers in the world of sport and kind of what those roles involve and what kinds of events are taking place at stadiums, at matches and in different parts of, of Manchester as a city that are all connected to this world of sport. I mean, Jonathan, there are so many uh, similarities here. Um, some of the comments that you make, yeah, I mean, I have no shame here. I mean, we, we, we share a common bond in the Liverpool connection. But I'm a massive, massive fan of what Manchester City do, particularly in their social media space and what they do in the community. I've had people on here representing that viewpoint. In fact, when you go back to Manchester City, you could almost do a little name drop for me because I'm bringing over uh, a big part, and, and I think your peers uh, and some of your colleagues at Manchester Met are aware of this, but we'll be talking about it in the next couple of months. In November, I'm hosting a week's festival, Global Sport Business Education, and we were intending at the front end of that festival to go to Manchester City as their guests because my equivalent colleague, Dr. Bill Sutton, uh, at the University of South Florida, the, the, the course director there of their sport management and entertainment program, uh, knows a lot of the uh, senior execs at Man City and had arranged for us to pay a visit there. So maybe it's, it, it's going to happen anyway, it's just that the weekend that they're here, both weekends, are actually non-football weekends for the Premiership, so we've had to do a little bit of rescheduling, but maybe we can still fit something in. So, in, in kind of terms of closing on some of those final points that you've made there, the practical examples and, and, and the way you've got students involved here, 
is absolutely first rate and, uh, and first class. When you come to do assessments with students, what kind of uh, final pieces of assessment will they do and say in this elective or some of the things that you've highlighted here, Jonathan? So in terms of the, the students' assessed work, um, the Sport and Events Unit um, has two pieces of assessed coursework. So the first part is delivered in partnership with uh, Manchester City Women's Football Club, okay. and that's a proposal document for uh, a match day activation um, that they, they develop. Um, the first year that we ran the project with the lower numbers of, of students, we were able to go and present that back to the football club, so that was a, a good opportunity. But now we've got more numbers of students, we haven't been able to do that. The second piece, um, we work with the Great Run Company. Right. So their, oper their operations director, Charlie Mussett, has been a, a really fantastic source of support for, for the course as a whole, but definitely the, um, the sport and events unit. So Charlie comes in and talks to the students about the challenges in um, organising mass participation sports events and some of the operational and logistics issues that they have with that. But in terms of the students' assessed work, again, they're looking at... Um, sponsorship activations that take place at those events. Um, so why do organisations like Powerade was the example they looked at this year, okay. why would they want to, to be involved in a great run event? Why? Um, what's unique about a, a running community that's of interest to a corporate organisation? Now the reason for picking on those kind of activation events is that whether the students go and work for a, a sports company or even a commercial organisation, their role as a, a a recent graduate might be to organise those types of events. So it's hopefully giving them some practical experience in terms of creating proposal documents or writing evaluation documents about the effectiveness of these types of activations and marketing activations that are now a part of the sports events landscape. In terms of final, final pieces of work, if you like the dissertations that we see um, from undergraduate students and postgraduate, um, we see some, we're work, I'm working at postgraduate level on uh, research around human rights and okay. image of the Olympic Games. Uh, we're looking at, uh, we've done studies on uh, fandom and female fans and gender identity. Uh, we've looked at social media and sport. Manchester City, again, has been a, a case study organisation mm. for, for some of those studies. So a real broad range of um, sports events themed student research, but Obviously, the practical assessments within their, their optional unit focus very much on Manchester City Women's and, and Great Run Company. I mean, Jonathan, sadly, my time... It ran out a few minutes ago, but don't you worry about that because we're going to continue. Sorry. Because, no, not your... Absolutely... No way, and, and I do have some wriggle room, as they call in the trade here, and for the right reasons here. I want to continue this. I'm going to just come quickly to some summations. But I think those closing statements, in fact, the whole interview has given not only me as I expected, but I'm sure my audience and some of the touch points going forward that I've also mentioned in this interview. And I think lots of those research elements the fandom, the women's game the role of sport for good certainly social media good and bad because obviously if I looked at the highlights and we're not going to discuss it now but I looked maybe at the highlights as I think I alluded to right at the beginning in Manchester and football finance and over, over 
if you like, feeding the, the, the market in terms of prices or maybe even some of the social media uh, sad highlights of recent days. But without going into the, uh, the detail in those, what would be some of your final maybe conclusions on the whole governance issue? I'm not going to say, you know, the do's and don'ts or the, the, the things that are good and bad in terms of governance for sport, but maybe you could just do a quick summary reflection um, over the last few minutes here for us, Jonathan, some of the things maybe that have come out of your research. Sure. Um, my uh, interest in, in governance is, is to look at uh, a systematic approach okay. to governance. Um, and I think there's a, my personal opinion is that there's a, a, a tendency to micromanage okay. issues. Um, and obviously we've had recent um, commentary from Sport England about standards of governance, Sport and Recreation Alliance about standards of governance. Um, however, we often see that that focus is very much on the management of the boards of, governance, mm. of governors. And actually, in terms of the issue of governance of a, a sporting governing body or of a football club or whatever it may be, there's a lot more people and a lot more stakeholders involved in that management and running of an organisation. I think until organisations are able to almost take a step back and understand, to use FIFA's language, the, the, the ecosystem yeah. that uh, makes up um, the running of a, of a governing body or, or of a club and understands how all those different stakeholders contribute to it. Um, I think we're just going to be changing small parts of what are big organisations um, in order to use those earlier tick boxes um, in order to, to receive funding. Um, so I think there's challenges in getting that micromanagement right, and we're seeing that happen uh, with organisations like British Cycling, um, who have only recently uh, confirmed that they're going to meet their challenges in terms of governance yeah. uh, and Sport England funding. But, uh, yeah, um, hard to get the, the small level detail correct, but for me, the bigger issue is, is how can we look at organisations from a, from a wider perspective in a more systematic way and acknowledge all the stakeholders who are involved. I think one aspect of that, just very quickly, would be the, the way that the FA has dealt with sponsorship and yeah. gambling, you know, to sort of actually say, well, there's a wider issue to this and we need to think about who is sponsoring our sport. Um, is a kind of example of, of kind of looking at that wider picture and thinking, well, what kind of messages do we want to, to give around the, the image or identity of, of our organisation? I mean, that is a fantastic stopping point, but very crucially one that very, very close to my... Uh, to my philosophy or, or, or to my responses to that whole question uh, and anyone who goes back through my timeline will see um, how vehemently I, I discussed that very issue, uh, Jonathan. But again, that's for another day. This has been an absolutely superb commentary and conversation and um, I'm not going to use the word interview, but it'll be continued and will always be continued because that's the nature of of what our business represents and how it's growing 
and, and how the balances uh, are really, really finding levels, which will be to the benefit of my whole raison d'etre, students, academics and practitioners alike, and the closer we all come together, the better. How can people contact you, Jonathan, uh, and particularly if they want to you know, talk to you about programmes, research, or any of the issues that you've raised today? Just give a little shout-out for yourself or anybody else who you might feel will benefit by contact details. No problem. Anyone can contact me on my uh, university email address, which is j.sibley at mmu.ac.uk or um, I like a debate on Twitter so at uh, Jonathan, John underscore Sibley PhD um, you'll find me on Twitter and hopefully we can um, carry on the conversation Jonathan, brilliant sadly like all great and good interviews and good dialogue there comes a as I say a natural stopping point but be to, to, to be continued you have a great week have a great summer uh, and hopefully we'll re-engage as, as I said quite often in my interview today watch this space I'll be talking to you guys best to Dan, Paul, Sarah and, and anyone else at Manchester Met who knows me uh, and, and get them to listen in next Wednesday on All In Sports Talk Future of Sports Show it'll be going out live in the UK 5pm uh, and across the globe, Eastern Time is the best, uh, I suppose, reference point in in the US uh, at midday there. Thanks again, Jonathan. You take care. Thanks, Sam.